Welcome to Running Down the Clock, where we break down all of this week's big news, events, and controversies from the National Football League. Over the next 45 minutes, we will give you basic fan perspective and opinion on the most important stories and moments happening now. So, let's start the clock. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Running Down the Clock. I am Tyler Walzak. I am here with Puya Raisi. Um, Puya, you are still in uh, Brazil, correct? I'm still here. Uh, I'll be back for next week's podcast, and I'll actually be there to watch the Lions game with you this weekend. Perfectly. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I will be alone all weekend for this one. Even Dylan will not be here. She's being um, extradited from the house. Is that right? Is that the right word? Uh, I mean, sure. Extradited. Kicked out. Kicked out. Removed. It'll just be me yeah. and my band. Lions gear. And, and uh, me, yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Sorry, but uh, you're 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 banishing her for the game is what's happening. No, she's going to Whistler to take advantage of some. Uh, I think they've got some skiing up there right now. You left at a good time. It's nothing but rainy. Yeah, it's and... not not a skiing podcast. I've never skied in my life. This is not right. a skiing podcast. We don't need to get into that. No, but anyways, she'll be gone. Uh, I actually think she's pretty upset about it because. Um, I have turned her into she's into it. Lion she's into she's it. Very much now. into it. Very much into it. And I don't know if I'm okay with her choosing the Lions. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, with her specifically. We we started, anyone doesn't know, we started dating last year, um, or 2022 in December, November, December. Now she got to witness like kind of the turnaround of the bad Lions, and then when they started winning. They missed the playoffs, but then this year she got to actually understand the plight of the Detroit Lions fan. So she's kind of, it would have been a bad year if all of a sudden we started dating and the Lions were good. She wouldn't be able to understand why it's so important. But now, now she's fully tucked in the corner of the couch. Like she was actually more nervous yesterday than I think that I was. How about this? How about this is, how about this is poetic justice? She misses this weekend. Lions win. She, Lions going to the Super Bowl. Lions win the Super Bowl. She misses that, but she becomes a lifelong, remaining lifelong Lions fan, but she never got to witness the glory. So they don't win in her lifetime again, and she missed out on the win. I mean, I'd like to think this would test a relationship, actually. I'd like to think that if the Lions made it to that game, that final championship game, that they call the Super Bowl. If that ever happened, I'd like to think she'd cancel whatever she had going on. I would in- think if she was a Lions fan, she would have canceled this weekend. That's my question. Well, she is. She has been thinking about how to get out of this uh, Whistler thing or at least delay it a couple days. But I don't know how she's going to do that. And she doesn't know how she's going to do that. She's not going to watch. She's going to watch alone. She's going to separate from her friends, whatever they're doing, skiing. I don't know, skiing and spas and uh, pillow fights. I don't know what girls do on weekend trips, but she's going to separate from them and go watch a Detroit Lions game? I'm I'm assuming that if she did, she they'd be at a bar somewhere and the game would be on there. If she could time being at the bar, it's going to be a 3.30 game. So, I mean, if they get a full day of skiing in on Sunday morning, then te- you could technically be at a bar watching the game they're at 3.30. In, they're in Whistler? They're in Whistler, yeah. Yeah, so Whistler is apparently world-renowned uh, ski resort, but I, I think it closes at like three. The mountain. That's what I mean. Is like your last run has to be well before 
it's dark so you beat down by three especially if you're up there at 10 five hours on the mountain that's a good enough time no. so i have faith that maybe she'll find it somewhere on like it's going to be on tv everywhere you know i'm going to text her ask her questions about the game and see if she watched well i wouldn't do that on the same day because what if she records it and watches it later at the bar. She's going to record it at the bar. No, if she records it at wherever she's staying. Simple, easy, easy fix. I just preface it. Hey, did you watch the game? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to text her at all. It's going to be what I'm getting at. Well, I I like to play the bully role. I know you do. (laughs) I know you do. I'm trying to prevent that. (laughs) Um, Okay, this was nonsense. Let's talk about the Lions game. Against the Let's start with the lines. Okay. Yes, because there's something that came out today. We are recording this on Monday. I don't know if you noticed this. You said you were watching this game. I was watching this game. I had to rush home from the middle of the Amazon jungle, like as deep as I've ever been. Where there's no animal. got home just in time. I have not seen an animal except for the uh, pink dolphin, which I don't know if we recorded earlier. I think we recorded that. I think we got all that stuff. Yeah. I think we got all that. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, but I saw the game. I saw the game. Okay, so did you notice at the end of the game that the Lions mismanaged the clock when they were doing their victory formations? No, because I, I, I assumed it was already a win. and I kind of That's everybody the... did. So this is what I'm glad that you don't know what's happening because you might have a strong opinion on this. Um, so the Lions got the ball back with an interception with two minutes left in the game. <clears throat> they could have kneeled it out and like they did kneel it out and win the game. But However, nobody really noticed this in the stadium until at, well after the game. I saw this on the social media. The Bucks had a timeout left. Now, Jared Goff didn't wait the whole 40 seconds until he ran the next kneel or the next um, victory formation play. So if it was third and 12 on the last kneel down, they could have, the Bucks could have called a timeout and gotten the ball back with like 15 seconds. But the coach on the Buccaneers chose not to do that. I saw that. I saw that. He says, he even said, we weren't going to win at that point because they needed more than a touchdown. Now, as a Buccaneers fan, wouldn't you? Well, they didn't need more than a touchdown. They just needed a touchdown and an extra point or two point conversion. So he, in his mind, in in the interview after was, well, the Lions would have just kicked a field goal and then we would have needed two, two scoring drives. Right. Unless the Lions missed that field goal and then you get the ball at the 40 yard line. What where, where how long of a field goal would it have been? It would have been a 45, 49 yard field goal, something like that. Right. So yes, I guess the uh Lions mismanaged the clock, but wouldn't you just say that Tampa Bay mismanaged it worse? No, but that's what I'm saying is the Lions mismanaged the clock, but nobody knew. Yeah. It didn't end up backfiring on them. What I'm saying is, as the coach of the Buccaneers, how the hell do you not call a timeout and try to get the ball back and try to win the game again? Yeah, they had already lost. For the but they didn't already them. lose. What are you talking about? How I don't. They weren't allowed. No, no, I'm saying. No, no, no I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm understanding that the game technically wasn't over. There was opportunity for them to get the ball back with 15 seconds and take a shot at trying to win the game. Or yes. tie the game. So I get that. So what do you what you don't you're just like, oh well, game was over. What is your thoughts on this? You have zero thoughts on this. We are supposed to be a, a podcast where we're talking about our thoughts on this, and you seem to have nothing. 
I have thoughts on this. What I'm saying is the coach already thought the game was over because of how he could have managed the clock. However, he kind of turned his brain off thinking, well, this game's over, not realizing what had happened. So isn't that a fireable offense? That's what I think. Isn't that a fireable offense? Yeah, if you're a sure. Bucks fan, aren't you pissed? Aren't you being like, wait, we could have still won this game? And our coach mismanaged the only reason the why it wouldn't be, the only reason why I think it could have not been a fireable offense is that every single fan, every other person in management, they might have thought the same thing. Sure, Nobody knows. That's, it's your job. Did anybody your tell job. the coach, hey, 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 use your timeout, use your timeout, use your timeout, use the timeout, use the timeout. It is why his job. Why would have to tell the coach that? That's the coach's job. Is that not the coach's job to be responsible I, for that? He's 100%. at the end it, of the game, I gave up. I, agree with I gave you. up it's on my team. Up. I gave up. I don't, I don't. Like, how is that not problematic? Couldn't you block the field goal that it is. the Lions it's 100% and then run it back and, and then you're, there's your touchdown and you can have a two points conversion to try to tie the game and go to overtime? There's a million ways they still could have won. Now, I'm not saying that like I'm unhappy or whatever. I'm very ecstatic that the Lions won. But as a like, if you are a Buccaneers fan, if we put our mindset in a buck as a Buccaneers fan, would you not be so angry that you didn't even give your guys a chance? Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. The only thing is, I think they also didn't realize it. And it's easier to accept when nobody was aware of this, rather than if the fans were all at home or in the stadium or wherever, all screaming at their TV, screaming at the play, like, you idiot, use the timeout, use the timeout. I think this went so unnoticed by so many people that it's almost easier to forgive than an, a, another blunder play where I'm not saying you should forgive, it is the coach's job. You're right. He should be on top of it. But I think it's a little easier to forgive when nobody spotted it until after the game. Sure, but so if you own the... Because you, the as the coach, the you got people up in the press box. You got people up above giving you pointers, giving you tips, whispering in your ear, no? Sure, but so if and you're you the, you if you're the owner... Them? If you're the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are you okay with them giving up? No. So... No. Me? So no. Would you fire? Would you fire the coach? So this goes back to an argument we had the other week with the Falcons. I'm never give up. That's what. I, that's what I mean. You are it sounds okay like right now. It formation. sounds like right so, now you're the one that's, so, so, that's but, giving up, and that I'm actually no, no. I'm taking here. the same. I'm taking the same stance. I'm taking the same stance. It the defense like is the one that can give up. Sure, you're done with the game. No, if you're done with the game, you're done with the game. My whole point with the Arthur Smith thing was he was choked because, oh, the other team didn't give up. Like, sure, they, I don't ha- I understand how that compares that to this to. conversation. I don't understand how that meant. Like, I don't understand how that's comparable at all. Your coach gave up with time on the clock to win a playoff game. And you seem to be very calm about this, which yeah, is weird. I didn't want that because I didn't want their team to win. Also, he didn't freak out at anybody. You think I I would want the Buccaneers team to win? No, I'm saying that as a fan of the Bucs or the owner of the Buccaneers, that is is an unacceptable mistake. Sure. I accept that. I accept that. As a fan or the owner, I accept that, that you can hold, uh, what's his name, Bowles accountable for that error. Sure, but would you not? So you, were, you fire he would him. Still I understand. Be your coach. You fired him. I don't know if it's worth firing the guy. I don't know if it's worth firing him, but I'm I understand just, 
it is a fireable offense, maybe punishable, maybe not fireable, it's a punishable offense of some some kind. Yes. So I, you wouldn't fire him. You're the, you're the owner. You wouldn't fire him. You would just punish him somehow. I don't know. You got to see who else you can get. Maybe you, you do look Bill at other coaches. Yeah, if you can. It works so for the last not... Patriots you got. It worked for the last Patriots you got for in Tampa Bay. You got a title out of it. You can bring another guy in. We're moving on. I thought you'd get more heated about this. You gave me nothing. You gave me nothing to work with on this topic. You have been at an, all, uh, an awesome letdown on the Todd Bowles subject today. It's because nobody noticed it. Who noticed it? Did you notice it during the game? Did you notice it during the game? No, because I was jumping up and down celebrating. Exactly. Nobody. It makes me it worried. Everybody, everybody me, gave up. It makes me very worried as a Lions fan that that they won. They got away with it. Thank God that Tampa didn't get the ball back or the worst thing could have happened. Um, but the fact that they were kind of antsy in that moment and they made that little mistake, like that can't happen again. As a Lions fan, like no, that's no. very like that could have been a very but they're very fortunate mistake. to happen in that situation where they learn from it in in when it when it didn't matter, when it didn't cost them anything, Agreed. they can learn from it. Agreed. Because yeah. that's we we got a big game against San Francisco coming up. Um the team that I think is probably the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now is between Baltimore and San Francisco. I know that. Um, well, it's definitely the Chiefs. If you've watched any conspiracies that we've had throughout the entire season, the Chiefs are definitely the favorite to win. I, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. You think? So So one thing I've learned is Taylor Swift's songs are all about breakups. Yes, apparently. But the Taylor Swifties will say that you're a misogynistic well, person I don't if know. you believe that. Well, that's that's for a different podcast. Um, what happened? Well, you know, eventually we're going to see the breakup of Taylor Swift in the NFL. Well, here's the thing that I I actually think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift might just make it, and I'm only saying that because it seems like this. It's is not even them. I'm just saying the NFL and Taylor Swift. Well, why would they go on a breakup? Because the NFL fans get tired of seeing her every week, and so they I think they're already tired of her. Stop caring. I think oh, they're already the, They are, but the NFL hasn't stopped showing her every chance they get. Yeah. Posting her every chance they get. I know it's very frustrating. It was nice Eventually to have Jason they could have Kelsey. A it was nice to have Jason Kelsey take away some of that uh um attention on Sunday when he was just drinking beers and with his shirt off jumping into stands. Uh there's there's not a lot of guys who can do what he did in enemy territory. Yeah. Being the fan favorite while yeah. rooting for the other team. Yep, that's and it, I think it's because he is a player on a team that just lost that people are a little empathetic on just well, him having a, a good he's, time. He, 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 he's got a great reputation. I don't oh, yeah. think in the exact opposite circumstance where if it was Travis Kelsey in another team stadium, not that he would be hated, but he wouldn't be as well received. As right. Jason Kelsey. I think Jason Kelsey just has a very good reputation around the league and just in the U.S. in general. Oh, for sure. That he's just well-liked. Oh, for sure. And I think people, I think yeah. their podcast is, like, does very, very well. And people have kind of gotten uh, to know, like, who he is on and off the field. Because he's for always sure. been a good guy on the field as well. So, it was, yeah. it, but it was nice to see him take some of that, that some of the sting away from the whole Taylor Swift conversation that could have happened all last night. That thankfully yeah. did not. Um, um, so I got a couple things. Let me ask you about that Lions game. Go. 
it pretty much went as the way you expected. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I knew it was going to be expected anything going differently than that. I knew it was going to be a close game. I knew that the Buccaneers defense matched up well against the Lions offense because the Buccaneers defense is very good at stopping the run up the middle, and that's what we do best. Um, David Montgomery was kind of very much slowed down that game, but I mean, Gibbs broke one off. Uh, like a 30, 30 yard, 40 yard scamper that went for a touchdown, um, which was a huge part of the game, obviously. Um, but they they were the Detroit Lions offense works on the starting off with the run game and then play action pass off of it in the second half. But because the run game was kind of shut down, the play action pass wasn't going to work as well. Um, so I I I kind of knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to be a close game. I knew Baker was going to do some cool Baker things that he did and he did have some moments like that. Very surprised that Mike Evans um, started off slow. Thankfully, he did because he dropped a couple balls um, across the middle. Both teams in this game dropped balls across the middle, and it looked like they just didn't want to get hit. Um, like um, St. Uh, St. Brown dropped one in the middle where he definitely would have got lit up if he caught the ball. And same with Mike Evans. He dropped one where he also would have got hit real hard yeah. coming across the I middle. I know that play. You could see St. Brown kind of yeah. step away after knowing that that hit was coming and it was definitely in his head. A thousand percent. And I think that's going to be, I think you're going to see that a lot more, especially next year too, because guys, you don't want to, like that, they call it the hospital pass for a reason. So, um, but no, that the game definitely went the way I thought it was going to go. Um, it was very nervous. Um, energy. So I, I, I got a question for you about that. Um, what's his name? White. Um, this person I forget, but running back for Tampa Bay. Rashad White. Yeah, mm. he was tearing him up in the middle. Mm-hmm. Does he that become good. a bigger concern? Well, does that become a bigger concern with somebody like maybe Christian McCaffrey next week, who's even better at that? I, well, I'm definitely worried about Christian McCaffrey next week. He's probably the the one guy that that this whole game is going to be built around. If you can stop Christian McCaffrey, then you leave the game in the hands of Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy did not look good on Saturday. I didn't get to watch much of that game. I was working. But um, the highlights I saw and what people are saying is that Brock Purdy did just did not look great that game. Um, it was raining and blah, blah, blah and all that. And like obviously weather has a factor, but it's supposed to be a nice sunny day on yeah. Sunday in San Francisco. Uh, but if you can stop Christian McCaffrey, because you have to. That's what it's going to come down to. If we can stop Christian McCaffrey, then we have a, a better chance of winning that game because you, you're you not afraid of Brock Purdy. I don't think anyone's afraid of Brock Purdy. But you're definitely terrified of Christian McCaffrey, Offensive uh, Player of the Year candidate. Yeah, and that was kind of my concern, watching White just kind of tear through. He'd get stopped, right? Like, he didn't kill them, but he was picking up chunks at the time. He was tough oh, to take yeah. down, and I think McCaffrey's even going to be worse. So that's something they definitely got a plan for. This was Brock Purdy's first win without uh, Mr. Samuel. Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, out. yeah. And he could be out again. He's a 50-50 in and out for next uh, for this coming weekend. Yeah. I, I See, I'm of two mindsets. Like, obviously, having Debo Samuel on the field is going to be harder for the Lions to win. But at the same time, I want every playoff game, every team to be healthy because I want to see the best of the best matchup, and I want to know – if we actually are able to keep up with San Francisco, because if we don't win this weekend, what are we going to do to, to make sure that we do better next year? And you're never going right, to know that stuff if you don't have the full team against you. 
Right, but I mean, there's injuries on the Lions. Guys are playing. Uh, their center was playing through injuries, right? Like it's it's part of yeah. the game, right? You, yep, you, one hundred percent. When when have you ever seen a team one hundred percent fully healthy at their best deep in the playoffs? It's just pretty rare. It is very rare, and you Speaking don't. Speaking of which, you just picked up Zach Ertz. That yeah, so it. I don't know. Like Zach Ertz, we picked up because Brock Wright, our backup tight end, got hurt. It doesn't seem like our backup tight end, Brock Wright, is going to play next weekend now when we thought sam laporta was going out and not going to be able to play we didn't pick up Ertz, but i do think that we need zach Ertz for depth right now and i do love the pickup i think we're going to go with laporta obviously um but it's it's a good insurance to have if if brock Wright, like it seems like he's not going to go um i just don't know how much of like how much is zach Ertz going to know the play like the playbook by sunday he his the tight ends coach of the Lions was the tight ends coach in Arizona, so he knows Zach Ertz pretty well. But I mean, it's a it's a pickup. Yes, I don't think too much of it though. I don't think Zach Ertz is going to be the reason they win or lose on Sunday. Yeah, it it could be just hey, just block somebody. You know, that's exactly. It could just be like <laughs> hey, we need you, we need you out there for as a body. You're just going to stay yeah. in and, and pass protect. Block. Just um, block. Yeah. So that, again, like it's, it's a nice signing. I don't think it shifts a needle in either way. Um, he's going to be well rested. I know that because he hasn't played a game in like all year. I don't think maybe. Yeah. Like, Before we move on from to another team, I kind of noticed this about uh, Coach Campbell. You know, a lot of teams, sorry, a lot of coaches come in and they talk about the culture thing. We want to build a culture. We want to build a culture. I can't think of a better example in a short period of time like this. Obviously, like Belichick made a culture. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, there's a ton of coaches that have made a culture, but in such a short window, yeah, he's actually genuinely done that. And I've kind of got a correlation here. If you're reading the notes, I've never seen a coach cry as much as him. Yeah, he's very um, um, emotional in terms of the like the whole wide range and spectrum of emotions from anger um to just like yeah to brought to tears and i think it comes because i genuinely think he cares more about his team than other coaches like you know you watch the things like hard knocks and stuff and you see kind of a little bit you know it's not fully but you see a little bit of the inside thing of like how the coaches treat the players and how they bond with them and stuff and i think that's why he cries so much it's either that or the 3,000 milligrams of caffeine he has every morning that just kind of crashes by the end of the day. But other than that, it's... He... And it's... No, you're good. It's... uh, he He's an ex-player, right? Like, he was a tight end for the Lions um, at one point in his career when they went 0-16 season, too. Yeah. I I, I didn't know until this year he was the 0-16 guy. And I think him with the Lions adds to that emotion. Like, you see him crying because he knows what the Detroit Lions means what the team means to the city of Detroit. He knows that they're the first team to go 0-16. He knows that the city has been desperate to win a playoff game. So he knows the downs, like the very, the lowest of lows for the for Detroit. So for him to come back and be able to put a winning team out there, that has to be more emotional because he's there when it was shitty. And he was there when it was like awful. So he can appreciate it a little bit more. And that's probably why he's able to... Uh, to show that emotion. And, and that's probably why he gets a little bit more emotional. Um, and I'm thinking now at the end of the game, uh, Aiden Hutchinson stood on the sidelines and kind of just 
spent two or three minutes just looking at the fans and the atmosphere that was in Detroit because he was also a Lions fan growing up. He's from Michigan. He played for Michigan. Um, he sat in the stands when they went 0-16. He sat in the stands during his entire life as a Lions fan, knowing that this team has always sucked. And he is also able to help bring that team back uh, and win a playoff game. And you saw his emotion at the end of the game too. So I think because both those guys were very much ingrained in Detroit culture um, and when, when, when they're bad, that's why you get to see the emotion come out um, when they're winning is because it means a little bit more for them than it would if, if Dan Campbell was the coach of like Los Angeles or Tennessee or, or another team where um, it's not quite that story that they were a part of, if that makes sense. No, but I, I, I get it. But I think like for a guy like Campbell, I'm just speculating here. I think he'd find another reason to do the same thing in another team. I think he just genuinely cares more than a lot of other coaches, right? Like there's a lot of coaches. He's also new, you know, like relatively new to coaching. He's not kind of jaded from like just this is the process. This is, you know, you get some of these coaches, it's a system thing for them. Like this is what we do. This is how we're going to do it. And they just go through the same emotions. Whereas yeah. for him, he's relatively new to kind of this head coaching thing. And, you know, he's just fully involved, fully invested, it seems. And that's great. It's... Yeah. He doesn't know what he doesn't know, essentially. Yeah. That he he um, hasn't. Yeah. Go ahead. Do you think they're going to be able to settle down from the emotions to get ready for this next game? Because that's a huge part, right? Like this is, un... yeah. <clears throat> what do you call this? Unfamiliar territory for them. Yes. For and all, I think all their players, all their players. And I think that be... like, I do think that he is also able to do that where he's able to show emotion, get it all out that one day, have fun Sunday night, and then it's back to work Monday morning. Um, I think he is the perfect coach for that. Um, I do need to correct myself. I said all the players. Jared Goff has taken the team to the Super Bowl. So I did, yes. And I, I actually think that that is a benefit um, for this Lions oh, for sure. team, is that your quarterback, sure. your guy, has been there before. So you, the person you probably look up to the most on your team is like, we have to... Like our quarterback is our most important position. It's our most important player. He's been to the Super Bowl. So he knows like we can trust that he's not. He looked a little nervous, a little shaky at the beginning of the game. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but he settled down. I think they'll settle down. It it's also kind of gotta be nice to I mean, like Detroit was amazing. The fans there, the stadium there was awesome, it was rocking, it was huge. Um, but that also has to, you kind of have to be a little bit more nervous. You don't want to screw up in front of your home fans. So now you just get to go on the road and just hopefully beat down that other team um, and kind of spoil their day. Detroit, they like, this team likes to spoil other people's days. Like when they went um, and ended Aaron Rodgers' time with the Packers in the last game of last year and put the Packers out of the playoffs. Like this team very much is built to destroy people's days. And I think that is a benefit going into San Francisco, where it's just like, all we got to do is travel yeah. on the West Coast, we'll beat the shit out of them, and then move home kind of mentality. But I, I, I think they've moved past that. They're, they're not the team to play spoiler anymore. They're one of four, the final four, four teams remaining, right? Yeah. They have the worst, so. but they have the worst odds to win and in terms of Vegas and uh, the bets, like betting polls. Yeah. I, the I Lions think the are Chiefs, still the, the, Chiefs are the, the worst team left. there. The I agree with that. The problem with the Chiefs, and it's the Michael Jordan effect, right? The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. So as long as they have Patrick Mahomes, they're scary. But overall, I think their team is the the worst. 
Like if you if you break let's, down, let's talk about that game. Let's talk about that Bills game. Yeah, because wow, ah man, it's got to be tough to be a Bills fan right now. Like that, just you you have to it's, win that game. It's always been tough. You have to win that. The game hard though. thing about the Bills over the Lions is they give you way more hope. They get you way closer as a Bills fan and just shatter fast. As a Lions fan, you've you haven't had. Oh, we had, didn't know again. As a Lions fan, we like didn't know. It's almost harder being a Bills fan. A thousand percent, because the Bills are supposed to do well. The last four years, they're supposed to go deep in the playoffs. Like Josh Allen was supposed to be the savior for Buffalo and take them deep in the playoffs, and they just keep getting beat by Kansas City. And you have to think that, like, this is probably he, Stephon Diggs calm, last he's year. He's calm alone. He's calm alone. Like, he's yeah, calm alone. that's exactly it. Now, do as, you think as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, he's the Michael Jordan to his Carmelo. As yeah. long as Patrick Mahomes is there, like that is the hump he's got to face. Or, or, uh, you know, I'm I'm using this loosely. He's Michael Jordan, and this is Detroit Pistons, where eventually he'll get over it. I don't think it's time to move on from Josh Allen. I still no, think God no, stick with him. Yes, but who would he, you get that's better? He needs to be better. Well, that's it. I I I, I don't think it's time to move on, but. He needs to be better. He knows it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, kicker cost him the tie, but he could have he could have scored in the fourth fourth half. Fourth well, that's what quarter. you want. You don't want it to come down to a kicker. They didn't that, score. They didn't score in the fourth. No, you got to score. You have to score a touchdown in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, now, here's the problem with Buffalo: is that Stefan Diggs has been unhappy because this keeps happening to this team, and he's sick of it. And it just happened again. So you have to think that Stefan Diggs won't be back next year. So how do you replace arguably your most talented skill position player on this team when when he's unhappy? Like I don't see him coming back. Should he have year. made that catch? Should he have made that catch? Sure. Uh, uh, like the, he wasn't perfect either. I don't think no that way. affects. I I don't think that affects his coming and going. Uh, sorry, his staying or leaving. But the, for that attitude, for that attitude he has, and I liked it. I think he is a, a top talent receiver, right? Yeah, He's one of the five. top four, top five guys, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, he should have had that catch. And like he knows that, but he's still, he's been soured on this team for a while now. I just don't think yeah. that. And I think that being soured kind of, uh, do you remember last week I was saying when you don't have faith in your quarterback, when you don't like your quarterback, when you're upset with him, when you're using Jalen Hurts as the example. Sometimes you run your route a little slower. You don't yeah. cut as hard. You don't go as hard. You don't as focused because you kind of just like this guy's gonna fucking blow it anyway, right? Why, yeah. Why do I care? Yeah. You get more you, upset you don't with play want... calls. All of it. All of it comes to a place where you're just yeah. like, you get a little bit, um, just like what's the word? Uh, he's a hands guy. A little bit. He's resentful. a hands guy. Yeah. He wants. He's the ball. a hands guy. So it's just he I don't know. He makes big plays. He's a big play guy. Like that was something I would have expected him to catch. A thousand percent. He's a big play guy. And I, I think just don't it's see... just kind of his resentment or something in the back of his head that maybe the yips, whatever the equivalent is for a receiver, stopped him from catching that. Because that's not an easy ball. I'm not saying any receiver should have had it. But when you're top five guy like he is, he should have had it. A thousand percent. And you and in that moment, too, you have to... Like, this... We're, like you said, we're down to the four teams. You have to be making those plays. And that's why Mike Evans wasn't making them in the first two quarters of the Lions game either, the Bucks lions game. 
Um, but I, I do think that this Buffalo team is going to take a step back next year because of Stefan Diggs not being with them. Which sucks because like you just need it's one of those things where maybe you just need another guy beside Diggs. You need Stefan Diggs and like Mike Evans is a free agent. Uh so maybe he goes to Buffalo and then you have two guys, and that's what that was that's what's missing. Now it's tough to have that argument because Kansas City doesn't seem to have any guys out there playing wide receiver and they are constantly getting the job done. That being said, they only dropped one ball um all game yesterday. Kansas City did so no, but Travis Kelsey Came back to his old self. Oh yeah, two touchdowns. Oh yeah, yeah. Rice and R- Rice has shown he's he's a guy on that team. Yep, he's a name on that team. Yeah, um, <clears throat> for sure. But last thing about Buffalo, the new stadium is it a dome? Is it an outdoor? Don't tell me the new stadium. The building is outdoor. It's outdoor. It's yeah. outdoor. They're not building something with a roof. No, for a team that's still to this day haunted by missed kicks. Well, you're not, not wrong. Trunk. Great way to look at it. Because they, I think they you, want it. Why to- wouldn't you put something indoor so at least you don't lose a game yourself to a missed yeah. kick due to weather? I mean, at this point, absolutely. The wide right, the, the wide right from the Super Bowl, I don't think it was in Buffalo. I'm pretty sure it was somewhere else when the wind caught it and they missed. But, but still, they missed a couple. Ever want that, why would you want that to ever happen again? You're not wrong. And like the the whole reason they wanted to do an outdoor stadium is because they like having the benefit of the doubt or the, the advantage. For sure. For sure. Um, but you're not wrong. Like it, it keeps backfiring. It comes down to kicks. It comes down to kicks for them so much. And it keeps backfiring for them. So you think that maybe get in a dome and then you don't have to do that. You don't have to let it yeah. go to that. But I don't know. They like having the advantage over Miami but, specifically. No, they... Uh... I felt really bad. I really thought Josh Allen was going to. I thought that kick was going to go in. I thought we were going to go to overtime. Back, but I for sure thought we were going to go to overtime. I thought that was going to be an easy. It should have gone overtime. They, the Buffalo should have yeah. scored in the fourth. They should have scored a touchdown in the fourth. Yeah, I really thought Buffalo was going to win that game. I really did. I wasn't afraid of the Chiefs at all. But hey, man, Michael Jordan's on that team, so you you have to kind of now. Do you think I think Baltimore beats Kansas City? I sure as hell hope Baltimore beats Kansas City. Um, they are America's team. No, I see. I, I think you're, you. I see that in the notes. I think you're wrong. Baltimore's probably the most rooted for team in the NFL right now. I think you're wrong. No, they're America's team. No, they are no. America's team. People no. want to see Taylor Swift not be at the Super Bowl. I don't think that they are America's team. I think the Detroit Lions are more cheered for around the United States than Baltimore is. But the only thing about them, the two teams. Are not uh, how you say the like, kind of mutually exclusive and winning. You can root for Detroit and Baltimore right now. Detroit is the working man's team. Baltimore is there just to knock off Taylor Swift. People don't want to see Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. You know who does want to see Taylor They're Swift at the Super Bowl? They're done with it. You know who does want to see that, her at the Super Bowl though is is the NFL. The NFL absolutely oh, wants I her know. sitting in the suite at that Super Bowl. Without I know. a doubt, it's it's been it's been the NFL versus the fans for years. Yeah, and this is just another one of those things. Like they are going to do anything in their power um, to get Taylor Swift and the Chiefs into that Super Bowl, for sure, without 100%. a doubt. The ratings would be massive. It'd be the it'd be the highest ratings they've ever had. Who's the halftime show? Do we know? It's Usher. Remember Usher? I remember, I like Usher. He's on the playlist. But all the '90s stuff. I'm on, I'm on the old Usher stuff. Yeah, like it's just an odd choice. He's for an Atlanta guy though. Yeah, it's an odd choice for a Super Bowl halftime show, though, isn't it? 
Usher, when's the last time ah. he's been relevant ever? Like, I yeah, do people who listen to Taylor Swift even know who Usher is? Yeah, usually, you know what though? I'll tell you what. I'll t- I'll, I'll tell you what. Often when uh, people do the Super Bowl show, uh, halftime show, they're promoting something they got upcoming because they don't get paid for it, right? Yeah, so it's a good it. PR move for them, right? Yeah. So he's probably got something in the works right now. I'm assuming the new album or he's re-releasing his old stuff or something. But I, I, man, Ludacris better be out there with him. I just that's all I have to say about that. I don't mind Usher, but but I want to. You got a Ludacris? You got a Ludacris Usher song? Yeah. What's the like the yeah. Ah, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Lil John, Lil John, yeah, Lil John, yeah. I can't believe you got that from yeah, my yeah, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of specifically. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> well, what do you want? Who do you? Who do you? Let's assume for a second that the uh, Lions knock off the 49ers for the okay. sake of this. Who do you? Who do you? Who do you rather than play in the Super Bowl? I'm torn on this because we've beat the Chiefs. I'm always one of those guys that is if you meet the the if you meet a team in the playoffs that you've played in the regular season that it's usually the opposite so if you win in the regular season you lose the playoffs if you lose in the regular season you win the playoff game so the lions beat the chiefs uh in the first game of the season yeah. so i've got another stat for that too though and so i'd be afraid that the chiefs are going to win because the lions won the regular season game and the Ravens absolutely destroyed the Lions this season. So it's kind of one of those things like we could get our payback for that game in the Super Bowl. So, um, I mean, again, like the Chiefs are the weaker team, but they'd have something to prove specifically just about beating Detroit, like another wrinkle on top of obviously winning the Super Bowl, which is, should be the only motivation that you need. Um, it's just I always have fear about that regular season matchup that does the opposite in the playoffs. So, Maybe Baltimore is what who I'd want, but we suck against running uh, quarterbacks. Our defense is not good against running quarterbacks. What are your thoughts? You said you had something. Yeah, well, not a lot of team not not a lot of teams are good against Lamar Jackson when he's yeah. playing like Lamar Jackson, as I kind of semi predicted he would this past week. Um, what I was going to say is you do have another X factor against Lions Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, what's is it? M&M There's another X factor Lions Chiefs Super Bowl. What's that? No, Jared Goff has never Jared Goff has never lost in a game to Patrick Mahomes. Is that true? How many times has he played him? That is true. He's beat him with the Rams twice, I think. He's two and zero. Beat him with the Rams. Beat him with the Lions. Oh, I like so that. So does that mean his streak continues, or does that mean it starts to get evened out a little bit? It makes me less fearful of that uh, reverse regular season curse thing. That's for sure because he's going in there with uh with I a three oh what you need to do is you need to see how many superstitions it takes to override other superstitions, right? You gotta start stacking them against each other and see where you end up. I agree. There should I wonder if someone's done that. Um let's talk about the Texans for a bit because they lost um to the Ravens on Saturday. It was 17-10 with like six minutes left in the fourth. So it ended up being a blowout. Um Ravens really ran away with it in the last six minutes there, but they held on. Texans held on for a bit. I yeah, but you know it was ten, it was ten ten. The one touchdown the Texans scored was an individual effort. I mean there was blockers, but it was the uh, the return right. Yeah, I mean that that the, the here's just the thing to be frank, the Texans, frank, the Texans yeah. were outmatched. Oh, 100 percent. 
A hundred percent. And Baltimore's team is better than the Texans team. The Texans won three games last year or two games last year. Um, so they had no business even being in the playoffs to then win a game and, and have another game in your second year. Um, or sorry, your first year with a new head coach and a rookie quarterback. Like they, that team is going to look really good for the next five to six years, at least, at least. And that changes the, the entire, thing. there's look nothing of, to worry about. Yeah. That it changes the entire look of that AFC South. Like Trevor Lawrence is now going to have a harder time getting back to the playoffs. Um, the Colts are going to have a harder time. DJ Stroud might, yeah, he might ruin. DJ Stroud might ruin Trevor Lawrence's uh, career a little bit, yeah. where it's going to be harder and harder for him to get that division, and he might never live up to his potential just because of how good CJ Stroud has shown um, has become. CJ Stroud it's one season, so we can't get too carried away. Yeah. But- because we've always said that, like, your first season, there's not tape on you. So people can't really, um, like, this offseason, all those teams in the South are going to be watching Houston's tape, wondering how to get an advantage um, on CJ Stroud. Like, what does he do wrong? Where is his, like, tell or his sign or his tick? Like, what what does he do that they haven't noticed yet that is going to be an advantage to their defense? So. That is the one thing with rookie quarterbacks is that the second year there's usually a step back because people now have a full season's worth of tape on you and they're going to try to exploit it. So like that, but he's also going to come out probably at the beginning of the year next year and be a top five MVP um, betting favorite, CJ Stroud. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year, but that whole division looks like it's on the the up and up with um, Anthony Richardson being the, the rookie quarterback who had a shortened season this year in Indianapolis and going with like, well, there's a lot of good quarterbacks. Not the a lot of, not the Titans, but Hey, so the Titans as of 37 minutes ago, not have hired Titans. a new, the Titans? yeah, the Titans. They don't have a coach. Nope. They just hired a, just hired fresh, fresh off the, um, stands, the newspaper stands, I guess was the quote, the saying, um, Titans hire Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan as the new head coach. That is as of, Tom Pelissero from Twitter, now known as X, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but yeah, so the Titans have a new head coach. So there's three um, new head coaches that we have this year. The Las Vegas Raiders have hired Antonio Pierce officially. Great move. Great move. Um, great move. That's the easy choice, right? Like that should have been like hands down. He's to me. To me, he's kind of this um, the Dan Campbell type. Everything you talked about, Dan Campbell. He lives and breathes. He understands the culture. He understands the city. Well, not so much the city. Uh, you know, he played in Oakland, whereas yeah. they're in Las Vegas. But the fan base, he understands the fan base. Yeah, the history he, of the Raiders. Yeah, but, you know, like the Oakland's like the core fan base, I'm pretty sure is kind of moved with Las Vegas, right? Like they're still supporting them. Not that yeah. far to go. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the Raiders um, fans are still Raiders fans. That's for sure. Yeah. He's so a we, former player. He's, you know, he's everything they need. Yeah, he he exudes what Raider Nation is. Um, so he's he's the head coach officially. Now we have Brian Callahan to the Titans, and obviously New England. Jared Mayo is the new head coach there. So there's still Panther spot, Chargers spot, Falcon spot, Commanders spot, um, all open. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Like I just want all these positions to be filled so that Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn can come back to Detroit and be the uh, defensive coordinator and offensive coordinators for that team, Ben offensive and Glenn defensive. Cause if we lose those guys, how, very how does that work right now? Back. 
So they aren't allowed to interview how, how does that in work person right now? until and those guys. No, 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 no. Here's my question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like if you were, if your team is still in the playoffs today was the first day you were allowed to um, start interviewing in person. Right. So I don't like that because for the lions coaching staff, they have other things to focus on rather than their 1, future. 1000%. And you put a tantalizing offer in front of them. I'm not saying that it's going to change anything for them, but it's a distraction they just don't need when, you know, especially if it's a time, uh, you know, a time sensitive issue. I a thousand percent agree. I don't think you should be allowed to hire. I don't think any team should be allowed to hire any coaches until after the season is. I don't think you should be allowed to fire your coach until the end, uh, like the day after the Super Bowl, whether or not you're in or in the in the playoffs or not. Just because this is like it, it does give an advantage to teams to go out and hire somebody, and a disadvantage, obviously, for the Lions teams because now their coaches are going to be concentrating on this Sunday but also flying to Los Angeles or flying to Atlanta for head coaching interviews. So I don't like it, but I also understand why it's happening. I just think if you're not allowed to fire your coach until after the Super Bowl, no, no matter what you finished in the regular season, that would stop all this from happening. Absolutely. So I think that kind of needs to be a rule. Um, also, there is a rule change. Let's talk about this. It happened in the Buffalo-Kansas um, City game where they – knocked out the football as the Chiefs were going into the end zone, but it was fumbled before the um, end zone line, the touchdown line, and then it got fumbled into the defense, like into the end zone, so therefore the defense gets the ball back. They are talking about changing that rule for next year. I like, I don't have a problem with this rule. I think that if you are able to knock the ball out of somebody who's reaching to get it in the end zone, and it goes into your end zone, you get the ball back. I think that's I think that's a good thing. I, I I don't know why you would change that rule. I think it's a good defensive play. Be smart about it. You know the play I'm talking about, right? Yeah, it's the one that kind of the miracle play which gave uh, Buffalo a chance to actually get back and win. But that's right. That is right. Somehow yeah. there's there nobody had a game winning drive this this uh this round of this, playoffs. This weekend, yeah. There was that. no there was no um nobody came back. Yeah. No defining last fourth quarter comeback win drive in this. And um no. but two, like two two interceptions. Lamar Jackson had already run in four touchdowns or through two run into that he was well beyond the Texans uh catching up to them. Yeah. And then uh yeah, the Bills just came up short. Yeah, Lamar was on fire. But what do you think about that rule? Like, like I kind of the understand. Balls, the I understand because like you haven't really turned the ball over. Right, but you know what I mean, if it because if it goes out in front of the pylon, the offensive team keeps possession. They if keep it the goes ball out yeah. on the other side of the pylon. The defensive team gets it. Yes. Yeah, it's a touchback. I, yeah, but I'm saying, I, I understand it both ways. I get it. I don't think it really. I don't know if it's really going to make a difference in the grand scheme of things because. It's just one of those things that kind of evens out over time where you'll win, you'll you'll maintain possession one time in your career with this rule, you'll lose possession one time in your career for this rule, right? It's not I agree. Be an, a regular every game situation. I, it's going to ha happen so seldomly that I don't think that either option is going to really sway too many games in the long run. 
So my, I don't think they should change the rule. I think they should keep it the same way it is. And based off your point where it's not going to be one of those things where this happens all the time, it's problematic. But what will happen if they do change it is you're going to get the offensive team have less ball security within the three yards. Like they will try to one-handed reach out every single time because if they fumble, there's not that much of a penalty behind it. Like it's not, there's no downfall to reaching out and having the ball less secure because if it goes out of bounds, you get the ball back anyways. So that's my fear. If they do change it is that there's going to be just more sloppy play at the, um, at, yeah, in that you part kind of, the of sway, field. You, you swayed me now. I want to see that because that's just, then that ball's loose. It's not always in the corners where it's going to go out of bounds. A lot of times it's in the middle where right, but somebody might bounce on it. But if it's in I the middle... that like potential like, change. But it won't happen because if it's in it. the middle... No, but you're wrong though because if it's in the middle, it's not going to go out of bounds. So that's, that play's not going to be... any. That play's not going to change. It's only on the sidelines where that's going to happen. Right? Because you fumble the ball yeah. in the middle of the field, it's not going to go out of bounds in this... Like, no, this I know what you're saying. Thing. I... I see your point, and I, it's one of those I'd have to see play out over the long run, but I kind of like the excitement of what could happen. When the guys are reaching out, I like going for it. I like going for it on fourth down. I like taking that chance, right? That makes more exciting plays. The guy reaching out to get the touchdown with the potential, like, you know, you get the points or you might fumble it and lose, it adds more excitement. But you're not going to lose. That's the thing. You're not, if you fumble it, you just get the ball back to the one-yard line. With a new rule. This rule is the ultimate. You reach, you either score That's a touchdown or you fumble and it goes out of bounds. You convinced me that way that it's... it's that to not it's, change it. it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you should change it either because it's ultimate decision. It's either hero or you, it's your fault we lost. Actually, no. Sorry, I'm confusing myself. You, I, I want the guys reaching out for it. You do want them reaching out for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. but there's no penalty if it if they don't get it. So the reach. Oh, you're is... right. Okay, no, no, yeah, I've I've confused myself. Yeah, you're double confused. Uh, yeah, it's there's. Uh... I like yeah, the fact no that risk for it. you there's still no risk will get it. guys risking it and reaching out, and they'll fumble it out of bounds, and then the defense yeah. gets the no, ball. I and think, it's a huge momentum. I think swing, leave it. I I don't think it's broken. I don't think. I don't it's think broken. it's broken either. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think that like they should absolutely. Yeah. I don't even think it should be talked about. Um, but it is. So we had to talk about it. Um, what else we got left about this weekend that we can talk about? There was a good joke I saw, and it's kind of a little bit, I don't know, maybe insensitive, but the DeMar Hamlin fake punt. Were yeah, they just hoping were they just hoping that he got them the fourth down just to kind of add to his story? Like kind of a you know, a, a little I don't know what don't that know, was. The, the I don't word, know what that play. What the tribute to him or just kind of give him a chance to become a, a fan favorite again? I mean, I, I because the storyline, if he got it, would be great. Yeah, it'd be great. I don't know what they're thinking, though. But, like, that seems... I mean, you're also giving it to a guy who's not playing that often. I don't know. Was he their best option for that? That's what. That's my problem with it is I don't know if he is the best option. I think out of all the running backs and skill players that you have, why you would put the ball in the hands of one of your average at best defensive players who doesn't play a lot um, is a very strange decision to me. So I don't know why they did. I think maybe, Hey, listen, if the NFL is rigged, then this makes sense. Yeah. They want DeMar Hamlin to get that um, play. Cause if he does do well, then that's very easily, Oh my goodness, look at this story. It's so much better now. 
but he didn't get it. He was nowhere even close. It was a, a horrible play call. Horrible play call. Yeah. And th- that was an odd one to me. Yeah, it was, it was uh, odd to a lot of people. It was, it was people, very so the, the joke I saw was that, um, what's the coach's name? Buffalo. I'm blanking on his name. I'm looking at his, I can picture his face, but. Um, I don't know his name either anymore. Oh, because we're talking about it, I can't remember it. Yeah. Um, but anyways, go. Anyway, they said, what did you think? This is a Disney movie? Well, that's what I, so I saw a meme on this as well. And it was, you know, whenever you go to like a charity game and you have like these adults playing flag football and then they bring out like a, a five-year-old kid and they just give him the ball and everybody's just like aware that this kid is going to run for a touchdown. So they don't really go after him. Like that's the meme I thought was like, did they think, did the bills think because DeMar Hamlin got the ball? That McDermott, can, McDermott. That's what McDermott, it is. McDermott. Yeah. Did they think that yeah. uh, Kansas City would just be like, oh, it's DeMar Hamlin, so we kind of have to let him get the first down here? Like kind of one of those storyline things. Like it was, I don't know what that play was, but they, yeah. Uh, and Nothing was, against DeMar Hamlin. Just, I don't think he's your best option for uh, converting on that one. I completely agree. Also, nothing against DeMar Hamlin. I just don't know why you have so He doesn't many play players. that position. That's exactly. not, is that, is that something they, they practice often? I they I mean they must have practiced it at least once, right? I don't know. I got nothing left um, from this weekend though. You, what else you got? Uh, um, I, I put a I put a thousand uh, thousand know, paper uh, thousand word paper worth of an essay into these notes here. What do we got? I, I'm Jordan Love. Oh. We mentioned him. We didn't talk about that game much. Uh we didn't talk about that game much. Packers hung around. The Packers should have won this game. Honestly. They're probably the better team they, for most of it. How do you think, Jordan? Did you watch the game? Uh, I saw the highlights and I saw bits and pieces here and there. Um, luckily on set. I thought Jordan Love like was it. good. I thought he kind of died out in the fourth. Well, that was it. Is that he very much was good for three quarters, and in the fourth quarter, he kind of showed signs of rookie mistakes. Like yeah, that last like, interception I mean, was bad. The last interception, I think that was just kind of a cumulative fourth quarter frustration of just nothing was really working out for him as well in the fourth. And he just, you know, you watch the highlight. He knew it. Everybody knew it. Yeah. It was a terrible throw into triple coverage. It was across your body across the field. It was a Brett Favre throw. It it was, it it was bad, but everything leading up to that, it kind of slowly was working out for him less and less. And as the game went on and, I think he just that was just the cumulative frustration to just make that throw. And but having said all that, I think they are in a great position with that team. What was it? One of the youngest teams in the league? It, it is the youngest team. Age. Mostly pretty much everyone on that team is like under 27, 26 years old. Yeah. So that's terrible for the Lions right now. Oh yeah. Oh but I'm I so I'm terrified. Love, I actually yeah, am terrified think, of the Green Bay Packers future. It's not yeah, like I think that's why I'm so worried. Like he could potentially yeah, that's why I'm very worried that the Lions lose their offensive coordinator to a head coaching spot, their defensive coordinator to a head coaching spot, and then they have this Packers team rebuild within two years, and all of a sudden now we're fiercely competing for a like a a wild card spot and and the division. Um, I mean, which is what you do anyways, but um, to have that fight in the division be close all the time is, took man. the Lions thirty what. 38, five years, 30 years to rebuild, 25 yeah. years to rebuild. Longer than that, 60 years to rebuild. But one playoff win in 66 years. You don't, now we have you two. Don't have another, you don't have another 30 years. 
No, I don't have another 30 years. This is like, we have, this is our team right now. This is the best team I'll probably have in my entire life as a Lions fan. And that's talking about past and future. I mean, I have to think that way. I don't know why I would yeah. think any other way. That's what, this is what it is. So I'm like, I get, so my mindset's changed over the last day. <clears throat> last week, this coming into the Bucks game, I was like, we're playing with house money. We've got our one playoff win. I'm happy. I could, like, this is a successful season for me. I'm okay if we lose the Bucks. So again, house money, everything's fine. Now I'm like, we have to fucking win. We have to beat the 49ers. We have to think that we're better than the 49ers. This is our team. We're going to the Super Bowl. Like, we have to think this way. I, that's what I want now. It's no longer house money. I want to win this game. It's not one of those, like, sit down, enjoy the game, whatever. It's been a good season for us. It's, no, now we need to win this game. This season comes down to this game. Yeah. The NFL is not very forgiving for that. A lot of, I think it's, Look at the Bengals. Is the least like the least likelihood that you'll ever return to the big yeah. dance, as they call it, yeah. of any sports league. Like, Guys have the, the shortest careers. Yeah, it's the Super and Bowl curse to too, back. right? Like if you go to the Super Bowl and you lose, you never go back. Yeah, like, that's your one Very chance. Few. So, um, yeah, no, I'm. Let's talk about these games coming up this weekend. Like, so. Detroit, San Francisco, in San Francisco, 49ers favored to win by six and a half. The 49ers have the best team in football. Um, I don't think that's questioned much. I th actually, I think Baltimore has the best team in football. Um, the 49ers offense has the best weapons, minus their quarterback, which is what I'm going to tell myself all week going into this weekend. 49ers, wh what do you think each team has to do to win this game or lose this game? Detroit's defense has to get into block, uh, Brock Purdy's head. That's they the gotta biggest hit thing. Like they have to hit him if after they can every throw. Just really rely. Yeah, they got to make them rely only on McCaffrey. Now McCaffrey shutting down McCaffrey is its own thing, right? Yeah. I'm That's okay. Like, if McCaffrey it reminds gets me like that... 140 yards and one touchdown. If he scores, if he well, if he can run and just not get into the end zone, that's a win for us. Obviously. Yeah, like, I mean, you you got to expect him to do some damage yeah exactly let him have his yards so, not let him but like he's going to get them like don't get frustrated if he is yeah their best player on offense but make sure that no one else can do anything but as, as exactly. long as they hit like they hit detroit blitzes from their corners position better than anybody in the nfl right now and if they just after every single time brock purdy throws a football hit him in the shoulder hit him in the gut Hit him, like, make sure so that he's aware that you're there. There's one thing that might work well in Detroit's favor is there's a lot of times they almost sacked the shit out of Baker Mayfield. But Baker Mayfield's a little better at staying on his feet than Brock Purdy is. Exactly. He managed to slip away, get away, get the ball out. Exactly. Brock Purdy won't be as good as Baker Mayfield for that, so that might work in their favor, that if they can keep that up, there might be a few more sacks, a lot more... Um, Tackles for losses coming up in the game. Agreed. He gets the for um, San Francisco. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm going to say that it, Brock Purdy gets the ball out faster than Baker Mayfield does. Um, but if we can get, if we can just hold on to the, um, not hold on, because that's a penalty, but uh, if we can protect a little bit longer, an extra two or three seconds, um, then let Aiden Hutchinson or somebody get to Brock Purdy, that is going to be the key to our defense. 
um, in that game. But you were going to say something about the 49ers. Um, well, obviously, another thing for Detroit is not only rely on uh, St. Brown as a receiver. It was nice seeing um, Josh Reynolds. Was it uh, Reynolds. Reynolds stepped yeah. up. Yeah, Reynolds stepped up night nicely uh, last game. So yeah, you need yeah, other guys, Williams, Reynolds, somebody. Yeah, you need Jamison Williams to step uh, up. What was the other Raymond? I agree. I agree. It's the, at this point in the playoffs, this deep, all your receivers need to be capable of stepping up when needed. Yeah, right. I think that Detroit's offense needs to run the ball up the up the middle with David Montgomery every single play in the first quarter and just get that going um, and just start wearing down the San Francisco's defense. Again, I think that the Buccaneers' defense matched up better against Detroit than the San Francisco defense does. So um, I don't know, man. I'm going in with high hopes for this game. I am. I very much am. Yeah, I think this is going to be the fewest mistakes that they can make. All yeah, season. it's got to be a perfect game. It does. It has to be a perfect game. Kansas City, Baltimore. Uh, it's in Baltimore. Ravens are favored to win by three and a half. Um, same question. Like, what does Baltimore have to do to win this game? What does Kansas City have to do to win this game? I think Baltimore needs to play very similarly to the last game. I don't think um, uh, Kansas defense, I think, will be a little bit better at stopping Lamar Jackson. But he's... Okay, you cut out there. I don't know if you know that. What I I could hear what you were saying, um, but for everyone listening, Puya was saying... Uh, Finally, we have a healthy Lamar Jackson. Finally, we can see what this Baltimore team does in the playoffs with the healthy Lamar Jackson and that he is in prime MVP mode right now. Like he's just, it seems like he's unstoppable. And I agree that like if Lamar Jackson can have the same game he had against that Texans team, then it's going to be very hard to beat Baltimore. I think Kansas City's key to winning this game is not so much stopping Lamar Jackson, like obviously they're going to have to do that, but they're going to have to keep up offensively with this Baltimore team. And that means that Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes both have to do exactly what they did kind of to the, the Buffalo bills. And like Kelsey needs two touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns to stay in contention with this Baltimore team. And I think that is how Kansas city has a chance of winning this game. Um, because I get, I mean, they well, have... the, the other thing for Kansas city is a few of the games throughout this season. I'm going to remember they had receiver blunders, which cost them the game. Yes. Not just Mahomes didn't do well enough. If you can't make a play, don't lose it for your team. That's the other thing we that, that has to be a key for Kansas City, right? Like you Absolutely. can't have another uh, Kadarius Tony. Just give hand the game to the other team. Absolutely, and that's why I like. You can't count Kansas City out because they have Kelsey and Mahomes. But I mean, I think you nailed it though. It's like. If Lamar Jackson plays the way that he's played all year, tough to root like tough to one root against him, and then tough to bet against him. I haven't seen an AFC team come close to crushing them this year. No, like in a game that mattered. I very much want Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl for sure. I think we've been saying that for a while now on this program um, that we're both huge Lamar Jackson fans, and like I think he's still chronically underrated all the time, and I don't know why people. Um, cast shade on Lamar Jackson like he is one of one player in the NFL and 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 that is because he's also super exciting to watch it, I, I think the shade comes from his style of play is unique 
it's, it's not the traditional quarterback style. So you're always going to criticize, well, you know, the legends of quarterbacks who have won multiple Super Bowls did not play the way he played. So yeah. until his style of play is proven to win, they're always going to criticize him. It's like, oh, you know, it's all flash. It's good for the regular season. Yeah, you'll win an MVP, but it's a football's a team game. You need to use your receivers. You need to use your offensive line. You need to use everybody and win. And this is his chance. Like, if the Detroit Lions don't win, to be honest with you, I don't mind seeing Baltimore win, but I also don't mind seeing, I like Christian McCaffrey. I don't mind seeing a lot of these guys on uh, San Francisco win if Detroit can't win the Super Bowl. Um, I, I think I like more, indi- I like few individual players on um, San Francisco more than I like individual players on uh, Baltimore. I just like Lamar Jackson just because he's one of, when he's at his best, he's one of the most exciting players in the NFL to watch. Yeah, I, I, I think we can both Who else agree on Baltimore that you want to see win. Just Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's it. He's the only guy. Me too. Yeah, just Lamar Jackson. Um, yeah. but I think we can both agree that we, the last thing anybody wants is Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. I yeah, I've never been on that bandwagon. I think everybody in the world can agree on that, except for Taylor Swift fans. I don't think I've cheered for them in any of their Super. Bowls. I didn't mind. I did not mind the Chiefs until this year. Uh, and this whole Taylor Swift, like I don't like Brittany Mahomes. I don't like Jackson Mahomes. Um, and it made me, I, but it didn't adjust my um, thoughts on Patrick Mahomes. But now that Taylor Swift's involved with it and they're hanging out with like, it's just the, the people are getting rewarded for shit. They have, they didn't do. Um, and that's the frustrating thing with the people surrounding, but Patrick Mahomes has earned everything that he has. Um, but the people that are in his circle, that are just throwing champagne on people and getting to hang out with Taylor Swift haven't done anything. And that frustrates me. And that makes me not want Kansas city um, to win at all. Plus they've done it twice already. So I don't need a, I don't need a third Kansas city. No, I'll I'll say this, Uh, Patrick Mahomes. I see why he's the golden boy of the NFL. He says the right things. He does the right things. He never throws anybody in the bus. He's a good leader. He's an amazing player. He's their best talent in the, in the NFL. There's for him individually, there's no criticism. There's nothing you can criticize him. Except oh. that you hate people hate his wife, people hate his family, people hate you yeah. know, like they don't like the people around him. But for him, there's really there's nothing you can criticize him for. No, he's perfect. He's done nothing wrong. It's perfect he's quarterback. On and off the field. Yeah. There's there's nothing you can criticize the guy for. I agree. I just don't want the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl. Spite. That's, um that's that's our main motivation is you and I is spite. Spite. All right. Well some uh, some some days it's the only reason why I get out of bed in the morning. Uh, okay i think that's all we have to say on this program uh your last program in brazil until you're back home yeah um uh, unless you want to record one during the game this weekend or right after the game together uh no no we're not i want to enjoy i'll never let i'll never let that die i know you won't but i'm gonna enjoy my sunday whether it's the last the second last Detroit Lions game of the season. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to make myself a Detroit style pizza um, and just sit in darkness. And now, do you put that in your pizza oven? Yeah. Or do you put that in the regular oven? So uh, a lot of people put it in the regular oven, but you can put it in the pizza oven. I'm going to put it in the pizza oven. That's why I got the pizza. You're not going to burn the top? No, I don't think so. We'll find out. I've never done it before. It I could very well the burn top. the top. It very well could burn, burn the, top. the top. Well, maybe I'll make two. The pan gets hot enough. It should. You have to let the whole oven heat for thirty minutes so that the the um stone at the bottom stone at the bottom gets to temperature. That's yeah, the key. I feel like just the, pizza. Te- the 
the cheese at the top will just because it's also sitting the higher up. The other one sits lower down from the flames. You're going to be what? Yeah, well, you, cook, you cook it at a lower temperature though. You don't go all out. Usually, I usually I cook it at the highest temperature, like the regular pizza. But this one, I'm, I'm going to cook at the lowest. Right. But it'll be well, the first time. It could be a fucking disaster. I don't know. I'll, but I'll I'm going to try. But I'm going to try. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, Puya, have safe travels back to Vancouver. Um, and we'll see you when you're here. Okay. Thank you. Good night. Running Down the Clock is brought to you by the Ordinary Podcast Network and is every Thursday running until the week after the Super Bowl. We hope you enjoyed enough to subscribe and tune in again next week.